Welcome to The Gaily Planet, a podcast where two queer nerds talk about media we love. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount. And welcome to week three of Summer Camp. Woo! Woo! Uh. <laughs> I hope everyone's been having so much fun at camp. I hope, I hope everyone's putting on enough sunscreen and having a good time at the campfire. And before I get started, we have an announcement about our end of camp live show. Yeah, our big time evening programming for this this season. Gosh, can you guys tell that Jesse and I don't know anything about what summer camp is like? (laughs) I'm like really digging digging deep into the barrel of what I know from uh, media. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we've been I think we've said before that we're going to do a live recording of our episode about Rocky Horror and the tickets for that are on sale starting right now. The moment that you're listening to this, it's going to be extremely fun and you should definitely come. Tickets are $10. It's on Zoom so everyone can come and you absolutely will not regret the decision to do so. And just just to clarify for folks, um, we are not doing your typical Rocky Horror live show where we all watch along. Uh, we are going to be, it's going to be a live show of the same kind of fun things that you're used to with the Gaily Planet, along with some special games. Uh, we'll have a costume contest. Uh, we will be dressed up and, you know, we do, we do some fun things that only folks at the live show will be able to experience and i mean ten dollars is really quite the steal considering yeah Uh, so yeah buy some tickets from us it's cool yeah it's on july 29th at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific and tickets are uh the link is in the show notes and you should come it's gonna be great Another great chance to see our, to hear our voice, but also see our faces while we're speaking, which I know for an audio medium, such as a podcast is, you know, kind of rare. It's very novel. I think people often in our live (laughs) shows are like, oh my God, your faces. (laughs) (laughs) You too can see the facial expressions that we make when we say things, as opposed to one of us having to describe the many hand gestures (laughs) that we use. Because uh, that's just how gay people are. Uh (laughs) A lot lot of hand talking. A lot of hand talking. All right. Yes. So that out of the way, Jesse, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about 2004 Debs. We sure are. And now I'm going to tell you what Debs is about. So yes, Debs, as Jesse said, is a 2004 movie written and directed by Angela Robinson, who is a queer black woman. I don't usually say who wrote or directed a movie, but that feels very relevant to how wonderful this movie is. So the Debs, which stands for Discipline, Energy, Beauty, 
are an all-girl branch of the U.S. security forces recruited via a secret test hidden within the SAT, which measures one's ability to lie, cheat, fight, and kill. The movie follows Amy, the deb with the highest recorded score and the darling of the debs, as she meets and falls in love with notorious supervillain Lucy Diamond. Our supporting characters are Lucy's main henchman slash hype man, Scud, Amy's BFF, Max, and their two housemates, Janet, who falls for Scud, and Dominique. Oh, also Amy's shitty ex is there. In the end, Lucy gives up her life of crime and Amy gives up her life of being a goody two-shoes and they drive off into the moonrise in a gorgeous classic car with a bench seat, insert stick shifts and safety belts by cake here. (laughs) (laughs) And today's headline, International Intelligence Agency Seriously Strap Blocks at Lesbian Enemies to Lovers. Hell Yeah. And uh, sorry, before we get started, listeners, if you hear weird chirping in the background, I have new foster cats and they are very loud and very talkative. So there'll be a photo in the show notes of the uh, very adorable family, which will hopefully be much larger than when this episode drops than they are right now. Yeah. So now we're going to turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, I just want to say that the technology in this movie, like everyone has an Apple Watch before there was an Apple Watch. There's like smart tablet picture frames, even though we see a very good video on a flip phone and I think it's maybe a sidekick. Uh, it's still A plus technology um, envisioning there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had the same thought when... Oh my god, I keep wanting to call him Mitch because he plays the exact same dude on Grace and Frankie as he does in this. Um, But his name is Bobby. When Bobby pops up on her watch, I was like, oh my god, this is 2004. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, feel free to call him Mitch because I'm just like, just indistinguishable, annoying, says how white dude. I'm like, yeah, brat, essentially. (laughs) I know, I know. Also, I think it's really funny that this is our second movie with an actor from Grace and Frankie in it. Like, what are the chances? Um, Okay, so my first thing is actually we're going to do a reenactment of something. So do you want to be Max or Amy? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) No, just pick one. Uh, I'll be Max because obviously I love Max. Okay, I'm going to put this in the chat. And so you're going to say one line, wait for me to say a line, and then you're going to say the next line. It's only four lines long. Okay. Okay, there it is. That's my bunk, bitch. High protein diets are overrated. Debs stick together. We'll always be friends. According to this movie, that is verbatim the first conversation that Max and Amy have. It's very Dadaist. Like, I mean, the lines are funny, but if you put them together, this is this is how they responded to one another. I think that's incredible. Yeah, it could really be its own like weird one act play. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next? Uh, I guess just. Uh, LOL Lucy Diamond, because it is ripped almost verbatim from the Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It makes me laugh. Yeah, no, it's great. And I'm going to take that as an opportunity to skip ahead a few things in my notes really quick, because she just like 
leaves a trail of diamonds everywhere that she goes like she's a pixie dropping glitter or something like that and these are like chunky diamonds these are big ass diamonds and i just i don't know it's so silly and so wonderful i know i'm like i hope this is cubic zirconian because where are you getting these like right uh i guess i don't even know what to compare the size of them to yeah these like cherry tomato sized diamonds that you're just leaving everywhere (laughs) yeah i feel like maybe at this point she's like stolen so many diamonds that like they've just integrated and like maybe she just like sweats diamonds now you know yeah um i have to point out that this is now we're three for three where some characters go to a funny punk hangout as like one of the scenery one of the like important set pieces of this of a movie i know i know i noticed that too i think it's incredible and i was about to be like it was like a mainstay of the 90s but like this is from 2004 so speaking of punks uh scud amazing character and just the best hype man his investment in lucy's love life is like so intense in a way that doesn't feel like overwhelming it just feels so loving and great i just really appreciate it yeah scud and lucy are definitely like yeah like he's her top henchman but also they're like found family and i just really love that yeah um yeah and then he has these two really incredible like pep talk lines that i just want to shout out before we move on so he tells lucy first that love is harder than crime and then he says, war is easy, love is hard. And I love that. I mean, I feel like that's truly A, such good advice. And B, I think part of what makes an enemies to lovers work so well. Because, right, like, people commit crimes all the time. Like, a little bit of planning, you could create a really good crime to, like, baffle the police and the FBI, you know? But, yeah. like, yeah. Love can be a much more mysterious thing. And not like mysterious. I guess I mean like elusive, maybe. Love is a many splendid thing. Yes. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a lot of moments in the movie where it's just like, wow, this is so gay. But the fact that Lucy kidnaps Amy for a week-long date and like, Amy just doesn't tell her friends is like the gayest thing. I know, I know. I was like... The quintessential lesbian first date. <laughs> it lasts one week. We're going to do all these things and you're not going to speak to anyone in the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and by wow. day seven, we're saying I love you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Turns out gay movies written by gay people are better. Who, who would have thunk? I read this review where someone was like, this is such a good gay movie because instead of it being like about gayness, it feels homonormative. And I was like, ooh, love that word. I have a whole thing in my editorial about this, but yes. Yes. Just like gayness as fact, as opposed to like gayness as endealment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, What do I want to say? So... This movie didn't have a huge budget. The way that they spent the budget that they did have, 
I 100% approve of. And I love that that meant that apparently their like budget for green screen technology was really low because in all of the scenes where they're clearly acting in front of a green screen, like parts of people's hair is disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> and, like it looks like they turned on a Zoom background. Oh my God. <laughs> it's really good. I like honestly didn't notice. <laughs> I've watched it twice in the last 24, like the last 12 hours. So yes, I was like, this is so, this is so funny. I also think it was because, so after watching Wednesday and like reading about how Thing was filmed by just like some dude in a green suit, I was like, how does that work? And like, why green versus blue? And it basically is like, what are they wearing? What is the background? Like, what are people's hair colors? And Blue screen is used, I think, more frequently for like indoor shots, obvious or outdoor shots, because like there's green stuff outside. But also like blonde hair tends to disappear in green screen. But like the Debs stuff is blue, like everyone is wearing blue all the time. So they had obviously to use a green screen. So I'm like, if there's a blonde in front of a green screen, maybe you just can't do anything about it, you know? That's so interesting. I know. Okay, what's next? I think my my last thing is just the music at this punk club is very bad. And part part of it probably is there isn't a budget for the music. But I'm like, what is this music? I truly paid zero attention. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it because I have no memory of what it is. It's a little bit like uns, 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 and then like, I don't know. So it's just uh, incongruous with the aesthetic i think so yeah interesting that's funny um okay i'm gonna have this be my last thing which is lucy celebrating hot pirate summer uh tells amy (laughs) that she didn't want to be a criminal she wanted to be a pirate (laughs) um to which amy is like Pirates are criminals. <laughs> I just think it's so great. Lucy would fit really well in the revenge, I think. She would fit so well in the revenge. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I mean, you still are kind of a pirate. Just you don't have a cool boat, which you could have if you're like as good as crime as you say that you are. Maybe they'll take a pirate ship to Barcelona. <gasps> That'd be so cute. It would be so cute. Welcome to the essay section, where we talk about our histories with this movie. All right, so I have a confession. This is the first time I've seen this movie sober. Okay, okay, that's better than the first time you've seen the movie. Yeah, no, because obviously as a beloved lesbian camp film in the, like, 90s and 2000s, I've seen a lot of those movies, so I've seen this movie, but I've either been drunk or high, and so I only remember bits and pieces of the movie. (laughs) Uh, mostly the part where they're just running in a hallway of cardboard because it happens twice in the movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and you're just like, what? What's happening? So watching this sober was an excellent experience for me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I actually have a really clear memory of the first time that I saw this movie. It was probably like 2007, maybe. Okay, so a friend of mine introduced me to this movie. He's a musician, and... He just like called me and was like, I just watched a movie that has the perfect 
montage in it. (laughs) I've never seen a better montage. This is so important to me. And I can't think of anyone else who will appreciate this movie as much as I appreciate this movie. Because he and I had like a standing movie hangout like through high school. And he was just like, this is your vibe of movie. So I'm coming over right now and we're watching this movie, like rented it from Blockbuster or something. And so we watched it and obviously it's exactly my type of movie. So I was like so pleased to have seen it. It's a movie that I like enjoy introducing people to. So I think I have watched it usually in the context of like, oh my God, you haven't seen Debs? We're watching it right now because it is that kind of movie. Uh, Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, this movie's so fun and so great. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it. I can't believe how low its rating is on like all of the things. But again, the whole theme of this summer is people hate fun, but we love fun, so we're here for you. Yeah, I know. And hopefully, to get more people to appreciate how incredibly awesome this movie is, and especially for our younger listeners, this is a movie you can watch from 2004 where you're not going to (laughs) cringe yeah only the one time which we'll talk about in politics yeah yeah and for especially anyone who has a imdb account or rotten tomatoes account and can actually like upvote this movie please please do that it deserves it truly welcome to the style and fashion section where we talk about aesthetics uh, I don't have any notes here because, again, because this is a lower budget movie, there's not a lot of costume changes and a majority of our main characters are in blue Catholic school uniforms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Lucy dresses exclusively in black. So, yeah, uh, I guess we can start off with the honestly kind of confusing Catholic school uniforms because I feel like because I've only seen this movie when I've been intoxicated I was like oh this is a like teen spy movie and I'm like no these people are in college these are all like people in their early 20s yeah (laughs) but the look of it is like but you're wearing a high like a catholic high school uniform I think it's just because it's funny because I think that's one of the great things about this movie is that there's like whatever like is this fun do it put these four incredibly attractive women in skirts so small that they surely had to like stitch them to their underwear to make them not (laughs) just like indecent. (laughs) Yeah. I did really love that Max wears combat boots with her schoolgirl uniform. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm just like... Are you totally heterosexual? Oh, no. <laughs> De- debatable in my mind. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, she never claims to be totally heterosexual either. That's true. Um, you know who does change clothes a lot, though, is Scud, whose wardrobe is impeccable. Yeah, every for almost all of his outfits, I'm like, I would probably wear that right now, actually. Like, a lot of it is, like, hot topic but better. I know, I was about to say what Hot Topic wishes it was. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, no, it's what Hot Topic is ripping off of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably what Hot Topic was when it was a single, like, goth boutique in, you know, 1992 or whenever. Yeah. 
I feel like this outfit just reminded me so much of just like the early 2000s where it's like he's wearing a pink t-shirt that has like a gun on it, but also like a little button on like the, I don't know, the right breast or whatever of his t-shirt. And he's maybe, it's maybe like over like another darker t-shirt because you can just see like the hem of a black t-shirt underneath his pink t-shirt. And I'm like, wow, so many people in 2004 dress. (laughs) I know. It's so good. And I'm going to say something like revolutionary that purple sweater with the lime green stitching that he wears i would wear and like listeners the reason this is a big deal in case you don't know i only wear black exclusively but like 100 percent, i would wear that sweater it's such a good sweater that's so wild that was like the one thing i'm like i feel i i felt like mad about like i didn't dislike it. i didn't think it was ugly i'm mean, kind of like Oh my god, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yes. I only have one more fashion and style point. Which is at the very end of this movie, when uh, Amy and Lucy meet again, and they like both pull their guns, because Lucy's a little bit more hard femme, I guess. She's wearing jeans, so she pulls it from the back of her jeans. Or Lucy pulls it from the back of her jeans. And then Amy pulls it from like... Uh, she has like a like a lacy thigh harness that she pulls her gun out of and I'm like I love a thigh gun harness of any kind mm-hmm. leather lace I'm just like mm, yes yes so definitely the best thing that Amy has worn in this movie because <laughs> everything else is very much like this is clearly from Express or <laughs> the Gap yes. or something yeah totally yeah so the junk pit is somewhere that I would have, like, lived as a young person. Like, the vibes, especially outside, like, any space that's, like, fun to be at, but has, like, outside that you can equally as, like, I'm still, I'm here and engaging, but I'm, like, outdoors, 10 out of 10 for me. And it's so, it's just, like, covered in graffiti, and it seems like it's maybe over a river. It's so good. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, uh, I want to be here with yeah. better music. <laughs> yeah. I love that it's somehow set up so that there's like, once you're in the booths, it's like quiet. And I know it's a movie, whatever, but I I wish that that was a thing where it's like dance party five feet away, but like you walk through like a wall of silence and you can have a conversation. Yeah, bring back appropriate uh, sound muffling inside ever, please. Yeah, I agree. Being in a cement or wooden box is not good acoustics. (laughs) No. Yeah, so my last thing is just that we get two really gorgeous headboards in this movie. Amy's is this sort of like guilt, very like ornate sort of Drusilla style headboard that's really lovely and Lucy's is like vintage green velvet which I of course love so nice I'm like not really much of a headboard person but I was like oh that's so cool Mm -hmm. yeah I just feel like maybe as an extension of that just like Lucy's layers like everything is so carefully curated and I'm like when you have to like leave a layer because you've been busted, which happens. Do you like pack everything up and put it in a U-Haul? 
<laughs> just like really have like she just got into town like right before her and Amy got together and she already has this exquisitely furnished layer. Listen, those are logistics that Scud deals with, and I feel like he is very good at those logistics. So there's probably some things that do get moved, depending on... But I also think part of it is that, like, if Lucy's, like, this top criminal, like, her layers probably don't get busted that often. And if they do this, probably enough time to be like, all right, we got, like, 40 goons, 40 henchmen downstairs. That's definitely enough people to move a nice bed and some furniture (laughs) into a truck and, like... That's true. So I, I, I like to think yes. That's the answer to that question. Yeah, and once you said Scud takes care of it, I was like, oh, that was set up before they even got to the U.S. Like, he was doing that online or calling catalogs. I don't know. But, like, that was waiting for them. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you're going to have that much money, fucking use it, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, have good people around you, especially if you're running a criminal empire. <laughs> yeah. Have someone who, when you're like, I feel like I'm done with this life of crime and want to give up everything for this woman that I love is going to be like, great, let me help you return everything that you've ever stolen. This is already done. I am already on top of that. Ugh, I love him. I know. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Okay, I have... Thankfully, this movie is, I think, pretty light on fucked up things to talk about. I feel like there's one cringe moment in this movie, but maybe there are more that I missed. Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's start off with there. And let's see if it's, if it's the same cringe moment that I had, but what... Oh, we just... Scud gives us an R word just fucking out of nowhere which like we just used in 2004 but like it's like so not used now that like just hearing it used casually like i was like oh (laughs) okay all right i also i think maybe missed that because my one cringe part is when amy's like well dominique is like a sex addict and max is psychotic and i'm like those are your friends also that is a deeply inaccurate statement about both of where they're at in their lives. That's fucked up. So I didn't think it was judgmental, I think, is why I didn't think it was cringy. I okay. think she was just like, these are facts about the people that I love. And like, I don't feel like I fit into this sort of like vibe that everyone else has going on. So like, why why have we all been selected? What is it that we all have in common, I guess? But I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear it as like, I consider these to be bad qualities about my friends. Just like I consider these to be true qualities about my friends. I don't have to be correct. Like you don't have to agree with me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just felt that it came off as like judgmental and I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of like, I don't think Dominique like fucking a different dude every day. Like it doesn't seem to interfere with her work. So I'm like, that doesn't really seem like an addiction, more of a like, she's out banging as many dunes as she want. Good for her. Good for her. Seriously good for her. (laughs) I think the only problem with that is that the least attractive dude that we see her with is the one that she takes to this party. I know, right? I was also confused by the, like, attractiveness of the dudes that both Max and Dominique took to the party. And Mm -hmm. maybe Jana? I don't remember. All those dudes look, I'm just like, very milk toast. Yeah, totally. Um, Anyway, back to the serious stuff. 
All right. So I have to say that one of the things that I really appreciate about this movie is it like sort of we're like, I don't know, 15 minutes in and it like sort of directly addresses the sort of hetero default of academia where Amy's like, I wrote my the I wrote my I wrote my thesis about you. Uh, I wrote my <laughs> uh, yeah. Amy's all like, oh, I wrote my term paper about you. Like this whole like. I think she does say thesis, thesis, whatever. And it's just like, oh, but I. That's why I didn't think that you were gay. And I'm just like, so they. So all these intelligence agencies have all of this intel on Lucy, but if. A majority, if not all of them, are heterosexual people, then they're, they wouldn't know how to interpret the intel on her that'd be like, uh, no, Lucy's a big homo. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're just like, oh yeah, she must be straight, even though she was, uh, in a close friendship with this girl for three years who was in Australia. And after they you know, weren't hanging out anymore. Lucy magically wanted to destroy Australia. That seems like, you know, that's so weird. How do we interpret that? It's so, the fact that when we see like her globe earlier in the movie, there's just a big X through Australia. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, if that isn't some like salting the earth because you're just like, I don't even, I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak my ex's name. I just want to forget the country, the whole country yeah. that she is from is God. And it's just like, wow, they were really close friends is probably mm-hmm. what Amy's debrief material that she was basing her paper was on. And I'm like, that's so real. Like, I don't know. Like we're still having arguments about historical figures who are like, we're gay. I'm just like, mm, yeah, never marry, close friendship, shared this house with this other dude. And it's like, they weren't gay. And I'm like, okay, I whatever. I know. Um, yeah, my only other politics point is actually a good politics point. Because obviously, this movie, kind of like Birds of Prey, is for the girls, gays, and theys. Yeah. It's, there's, there's no male gaze g-a-z-e anywhere in this movie and i feel like the scene that really exemplifies that is when they're going when lucy has staged this bank heist to like entice amy to her we get the scene of all four of our debs running up a staircase and it's like shot from below and again their skirts are so short and it's just like just their butts. Like, it's just, like, girls with tiny skirts running up some stairs. It looks exactly how you think it would look. And nothing about it feels gross. Yeah. At all. And yeah. I think that's just so lovely to see. Yeah. I think in a movie directed by a cishet dude that that would be in, like, slow motion. And they would be, like, glistening somehow for no reason. Yeah, totally. That feels very accurate. All right. I have a couple more political thoughts. Number one is that, once again, I appreciate when the real villain is the U.S. government and entitled terrible cishet dudes. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, as the movie progressed, you're like, actually, the Debs organization was at the top. Like, that lady at the top, I'm like, hmm... She's terrible. Maybe the Debs organization is terrible. I think you're maybe getting a really whitewashed history where the words like you guys are doing this important work for the U.S. government. I'm just like, oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. There's no ethical way to be a cop in any form of being a cop. So yeah, and like spies fall under being. I a mean, cop. Amy says that she's a cop when like the first time she and Lucy have each other at gunpoint. So yeah, yeah. And then my last point is that. Uh, another reason why we know that, oh my god, what was her name? I actually wrote, wrote it down. The, like, head lady. Is it Petrie? Petrie? Petra? I think it's Petrie. Uh, Petrie, really a villain in this movie, in my opinion. For just, like, her just being just very focused on the appearance of the dubs and not even necessarily what's going on. But the fact that she demotes Max, who is, like, the head deb of their little group for Amy, who like is qualified on paper, but perhaps not necessarily in, in the same way that like Max exhibits like actually pretty good leadership for like what she is doing. And I'm like, of course Max is pissed. Like there's maybe, she's like maybe the only black girl in the debs that we see in like the American Debs. And I'm like, that bitch was hard as fuck to be here. And to be the leader of the her of her like own little four-woman team. And then this bitch comes by and is like, actually Amy's in charge. I'm like, you have a right to be angry. That was some bullshit. Yeah, totally. And I hope that she gets back to coming leader now that Amy has I mean, I guess they've graduated or something. Uh yeah, but I think for sure she gets back to her leadership position because whatever that conversation is that happens with Petrie later in the movie where uh, Max like takes lead on like how they're going to maintain face. And after Amy has done this, um, she's like, all right, like I, I'm going to recommend you for a thingy. I think uh, Max definitely gets what she wants, whether or not I think it's a good thing for her to do, but like yeah. it's her goal and she gets it. And so I'm happy for her for that. Exactly. She worked hard, damn it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Welcome to Horoscopes, where we talk about astrology. Uh, I think we should start our conversation off with really our lead girl, who is Lucy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who I feel like, just because she is very driven and intense, but is also like willing to change literally her entire life for this girl, (laughs) for the love of her life. I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like Scorpio or cancer. I feel like is what I was. She is a Sagittarius. Interesting. One million percent. She is a Sagittarius. Okay. She has a water moon, like that romantic thing for sure. But like, what is, I wrote down a line that made me, (laughs) be like oh it's when amy says you should do what you're good at and lucy is like you should do what you love and like she i mean she like changes her entire life just like willy-nilly just uproots everything whenever she feels like it yeah there's no and like her charisma there's no way that she's not a fire sign and i really think she's a sagittarius no that makes a lot of sense I definitely think, though, there's definitely water in her sign for just how all of her feelings. <laughs> yes. Although I was reading about it to make sure that that was what I thought. And like a lot of stuff was like when Sagittarius falls in love, it is like the biggest deal. They will just go 
so hard at being in love, which I think matches up with that. And if you're like comparing it to your own experience, I will remind you that your moon is in Capricorn, which is a huge muting effect on something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, the Capricorn moon is why I find it hard to find Sagittarius things where I'm just like, there's a too much of a like, "Mm, maybe you should cool your jets. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should slow your roll about that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Amy, Capricorn, yes. Capricorn was my first thing for her. Yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, very driven, a lot of intellectual curiosity, devoted mostly to this, but, you know, also just kind of be like, do I want this? This thing that I've like worked for, worked at. Right. You should do what you're good at. I'm doing this thing because I'm adept at the thing and they told me that I was good for doing it. So this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, totally. Um, also, I want to read you, so I like looked up Sagittarius-Capricorn compatibility, and I just want to read it to you. <laughs> so it says, in some ways, Sagittarius and Capricorn are opposites. Sagittarius is easygoing, whimsical, seeks knowledge for its own sake, always jumps headfirst into new things, and is typically impatient. Capricorn is detail-oriented and passive, even shy, and is always looking toward the next project. Their differences can actually forge a stronger relationship in the long run, there being vast amounts each partner can learn from the other. Which is so true. I know. I was like, yeah, they're going to be great together. I know. Oh, it's going to be so happy for them. I know. I love it. Okay. My next person is Janet. Okay. And I was really sort of waffling between like Taurus and Gemini for Janet. Mm. mostly just because like like she's like such a super good friend to amy and like i mean kind of when she gets over the like but she's a girl she's like oh, okay like you're you're in it to win it but also just the amount that she brings up about her clothing it's just like so that's why i think libra interesting okay which is another air sign, so like the Gemini thing, but I don't know, maybe it's because of the number of memes about like how Libras love pink more than any other zodiac <laughs> sign and like her entire room is pink. But yeah, she's like very about aesthetics and like wants to talk about clothes while they're doing a stakeout. And she's like, maybe, I don't mean this derogatorily. I think she's maybe too ditzy to be a Gemini. Interesting. I actually did have Ditsy as, like, my first description of Janet. Yeah. Also, her saying, they're calling you a hero when really you're a slut. And she (laughs) doesn't mean that in a mean way. Like, I don't know. That just felt very Libra to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. That line made me laugh so much. (laughs) Oh, she's great. I do think Scud is a Gemini, though. You know, I think that makes sense to me because I feel like, yeah, I was really going between Gemini and Aquarius for Scud mm. as like, and just because like his emotional intelligence is so spot on in this movie and just, you know, the way that he is 
very self-assured in himself and just really there for like giving Lucy like really solid advice. I'm just like, you have the, maybe the most emotional intelligence of anyone in this movie. I totally, like. yeah. <laughs> I think I went with Gemini because he's just like so invested in other people's business, which is sort of a defining trait of being a Gemini. All right, that makes sense to me. Because yeah, he is in so deep in getting Lucy to like have a relationship in a way that is very cute. Yeah, and also when Lucy's like, what do you know about is it Bradshaw, Amy Bradshaw? He's like going through this mental Rolodex and it's clear that like he like he knows a lot about a lot of people because like part of his intellectual curiosity is is gossip and like that's very Gemini. Which is good because like gossip is how information is spread. Exactly. You know? It's an excellent tool for information finding, as people who love gossip know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's going to make him and Janet really compatible, too. Like, as bo- both air signs and, like, she clearly also really loves gossiping. So, like, I think they're going to be great together. I know. Yeah, I'm, like, happy for them as the other couple of this movie. Where I'm yeah. like, you guys are so cute. They're so cute. <laughs> they're, like, DMing. <laughs> Yeah, oh, the whole DMing scene was so good because I'm just like, we don't see what they're DMing, but everyone's face is like doing a really good job. Or I'm yeah. like, I can, like, I'm not bored by this and I can fill in the blanks enough. I'm just like, excellent. Yeah. Max, I was really going between Aries Virgo for Max, part of because of how intense Max is and like how driven and focused and like she knows her shit. Yeah, I also have Aries. And that's also probably why she's angry at Amy for this promotion, where it's like, do you not see this obvious? And, like, the reason Amy goes in, because it's like, but Lucy has done this for me. But, like, Max is like, this is an obvious fucking trap. Yeah. Um, What do you have for Dominique? I feel like we don't get a lot about Dominique. I sort of had, like, jokingly put Sagittarius, because she just, like, lives on cigarettes and coffee, and is just, like, (laughs) kind of, like... She takes her job seriously, kind of, but, like, not really anything else, it seems like. And even that is, like, quotation marks serious. So I think cigarettes and coffee is actually a stereotypical Scorpio trait, not Sagittarius. Also, she literally says to Amy's face, I never liked you, but I'm sad to see you go. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure she's a Scorpio. Yeah, whatever the sign is too cool for school is what Dom- is Dominique's sign. Yeah, she's a Scorpio. <laughs> uh, Dominique might be one note, but I actually I love her so much. I love her too, and I love her terrible French accent. <laughs> Again, nothing is funnier than a terrible French accent. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. The premise of this movie is incredible. It's like sort of watching a like live action spy cartoon, but with gay people. And it's just like, this is exactly the sort of gay movie that I wish we got more of where it's like, right, the whole focus isn't like (gasps) Amy realizing that she is, you know, has an attraction to Lucy. It's about like, no, they're spies and Amy's part of the baby CIA and Lucy's a like international criminal. They have to figure out their love through all these other things happening. So I'm just like, 
this is all I want. And they get a happy ending. And I'm just more, more things like this. Gay spies falling in love. Gay pirates falling in love. Just, this is just chef's kiss. Just the kind of movie that I wish we had like a hundred of. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I wish this was the vibe that first kill had had. I feel like that show would have had so much more success if it had been playful. Yeah. Because that's what we deserve is playful. Really? Yeah. 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 There are so many just like goofy, silly, playful genre adjacent rom-coms for straight people. I'm like, I want like 20 movies like Debs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Me too. And Charlie's Angels only vaguely counts. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it counts. <sighs> we deserve explicit queerness. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I don't know why people don't like this. This is like why this should be a, like one of the standards of gay movies. Yeah. Yes, that like other details don't make any sense. So do like half of the sci-fi movies people love. Like this, this, this makes about as much sense as The Fast and the Furious, which has forgotten about physics. And those movies make a billion dollars. Yeah. So and so I'm just like, because yeah, I mean... Does this make any logical sense for them to be spies running around the same plaid outfits? No, that doesn't matter, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's sort of you have two options with genre movies. You have blatantly you don't we're not supposed to believe this or you have I'm trying to make something that seems realistic. And like, I mean, we right off the bat. When Lucy is on the blind date with, I forgot her name, something that starts with an N. Stereotypical Russian assassin lady. Yeah. Every section of like U.S. intelligence is there to spy on it. And they're like sitting on swings hanging from the ceiling that are somehow like remote controlled and can like slide around. And so it's just like right away. It's like nothing is realistic we're not aiming for realistic. Like this is a goofy movie. This is a silly movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why is the ceilings in that, in that restaurant, like 300 feet tall? Like why does no no one look (laughs) up ever? (laughs) I know. Don't be fucking smoking. Like ashes are probably just like cascading down on people. And like, it doesn't matter because the joke is so good when like, whoever says it's like, Maybe it's Chad or whatever that dude's Bobby. name is like, Bobby, where he's like, oh, yeah, like the CIA is here. And there's like a bunch of other people. And they just the camera just shows like a bunch of other like dudes in like tactical uniforms also on swings. Yeah. It's just like, how many corners does this roof have? It's so good. But it doesn't matter because the joke is so funny. That's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And as, you know, we have discussed, internet discourse is discussed, like so many gay movies have a tragic ending. Like this is an excellent ending for a movie where yeah. our heroes drive off into a sunset in a really cool car and are, you know, probably going to live happily ever after and adopt like eight rescue animals. Like it's just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so great. You know, it is. It's perfect. It sort of ties into one of my points here because I, you know, I'm not going to make 
assumptions about the sexuality of these two actors, but I do know that both of them have been married to men. And, like, it's incredible the amount of chemistry that they have. It's so different than most other gay movies where the the gay characters are played by straight people. And I just I just really appreciate it. I also had to look up and be like, are either of you queer in real life? Um, But yeah, uh, the Wikipedia says that they're both married to dudes, which obviously doesn't mean anything. But yeah, like their chemistry is like, it's really good. And that's another reason why this movie is excellent. Because like you could have a movie where it's like, in a lot of ways, not a good movie. But like the chemistry between the two main characters, especially for like what is essentially a rom-com with spies is really good. And then that carries the movie. And it does, really. Like they're palpable chemistry from like the minute that they meet is just like oh shit yeah yeah, y'all about to make out (laughs) yeah totally and when they do what all of the scenes where they're like kissing and like you know sexy wrestling like all of that they there isn't that like awkwardness that i feel like is often present when it's people trying to pretend that that's something that they're into which is what acting is but like usually there's just like okay you know and that's that's just it's just not present they're like really kissing and i'm like really believing that they really want to be kissing and it's really great i know it is yeah whoever did the casting for this movie a plus because yeah yeah i was really just like wait are they are either of you married to a lady because this movie <laughs> you know yeah uh okay uh i want to talk a little bit about amy's thesis <laughs> okay and i'm like i just love her being like mm, i think lucy i think you're overcompensating for being adrift in this world with no family and being uh, a lady in a male-dominated field of super villainy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at first I'm just like, Dan, that was a read. But I'm, now I'm just like, that is actually very perceptive of you from what is very, I'm sure, dry intel, again, from like, says hat dudes who did not pick up that Lucy is queer. Right. And I'm like, I think that's like kind of the right kind of humanization for a villain. You know, where it's and I think arguably like the super villainy of Lucy is very cartoony, like get rid of Australia or like comically rob one bank with like actual canvas bags with like a dollar sign on it. Yes. (laughs) Which I'm like stealing from banks. I mean, that shit's insured. Like who gives a fuck? Steal from the bank. Uh I know. When she returned the money to the bank, I was like, come on. Like, they, what are they going to do with that? They already got that money back. Like, now you, they're just going to put that in the fucking stock market and invest yeah. in companies that are doing, like, mountaintop removal. Like, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. If she wanted to become a real hero, she should have had Scud just, like, deposit it into, like, random people's bank accounts. Like, split it up. Yeah, she donated some of her money. One of them was to, there's like a little screen where it's like sees like money being deposited in various accounts. One of them is to the Girl Scouts of America, which I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's cute. 
You're <laughs> you're a queer villain. Of course, you're donating money to the Girl Scouts of America. Maybe you were a Girl Scout. Who knows? So I like that just like technically, but I'm also just like, oh, Amy, way to already create a like sense of intimacy with Lucy by being like, I already know some of your childhood traumas. Yes. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, nothing is more gay than this. I hope that Amy realizes that at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, she definitely does. <laughs> oh, geez. This movie is great. Um. Okay, so I would like to give just some appreciation to these two really beautiful sort of like setup reveal situations that the movie gives us. So in the beginning we get, you know, they're describing the meetup between Lucy and the assassin. And it is very much set up to be like, you know, they're going to do crime together. And it just very, subtly and casually turns into oh this they're actually going on a blind date yeah exquisite it's so well done maybe topped by the (laughs) beginning of the montage like lucy is like singing the song that the montage is to into a pool cue and we get it's like split up into different shots so we get that and then we cut back to it she like maybe three times and then on the third time like scud like pops up from behind her (laughs) you're like oh they're like doing this together and then like the fourth or fifth time it pans out and like all of her minions are doing this like dance routine to this song with her and it's so good (laughs) it's like it's yeah it's like so silly but just like yes this is this is the perfect use of this song and this scene and also just like having this gag where you're like oh she's lucy's just by herself no all of all of her henchmen are there and i'm like oh they're all really into it they're just like such good friends i love it Yeah, I feel like Lucy's probably a good boss. Oh, totally. Which is also why I feel like her super villainy is in quotation marks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I do. I kind of feel like it makes me wonder how much of the like Harley Quinn cartoon is also a little bit inspired by this movie. That makes sense. Also, this is two for two of us talking about villains who we think would be excellent bosses because we were saying the same thing about mr freeze in our last episode i feel like a lot of campy movies have excellent quote-unquote villains yeah so yeah i guess we (laughs) listeners feel free to start a bingo card i don't know (laughs) (laughs) scud will win he's the king of bingo oh my god that bingo that's like not gross because usually when you have like henchmen around they're all like cleaning their guns or like tapping at computers and they're like scud has a little like actual tiny like bingo or one of the henchmen has a bingo basket and is like cranking a little thing with a ball scud and you're just like what it's so cute i love it uh, oh my god my face hurts i love episodes right like my cheeks get sore from smiling Yeah, I just feel like we have to mention that in the montage scene, 
A, she sets a bomb that when they deactivate it, <laughs> pops out with like balloons and streamers and a sign that says, Amy, be mine. <laughs> so good. So funny. Um, and also she's taking the SAT. Like she's trying to like place into the depths as a way to get her back. And I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. We get a lot and then also actual sex, which is Mm -hmm. for a lighthearted gay comedy. I feel like you would you one would expect there not to be a sex scene, but there is. And it's great. And I'm like, so happy for them. I know. But yeah, I mean, on their seven day date. They're just hanging out in Lucy's room on her bed and they, I mean, it gets sexy. Actually, I feel like the, where Amy's trying to like undo Lucy's bra and it like doesn't work. is just like, (laughs) that's so real. Yeah. Like you're not used to taking off a bra on someone else. You're just like, what am I, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And then it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's sexier because they're just like laughing and like wrestling and I'm like, (gasps) I mean... Yeah, it just feels like just it just feels real, and that makes it so much sexier. I know it. Uh, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's so lovely. This movie is great. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that like three or four days into this seven day date, Amy goes out and purchases diamond studded handcuffs for Lucy. <laughs> just it's just it's. It's just, it's so gay. This movie is so gay. And that, of course, Lucy has commissioned some diamond-studded handcuffs for that, for Amy. No, other way around. Oh, right. Anyway, it's very gay and cute. It is. Um, it's great. I do, I do kind of love that in scud playing matchmaker is that he's been trying to find other villains (laughs) for lucy to date it's like you guys have stuff in common here is an assassin who is also queer that you can we can go on a date with (laughs) just like he's going through that mental rolodex to be like all right lady assassin lady safe cracker lady car thief like any of you any of them queer do i know if they're queer or not and my answer because whenever i watch a movie like this i'm just like lady save cracker you're not you're not you're not queer what yeah yeah (laughs) yeah for sure are are you sure this is the movie choice y'all want to (laughs) make yeah yeah this is this is great it's a it i like that we get the impression that Scud and Janet are ex- exchanging some sexy AOL messages. It's, yeah, I don't know. This movie's just great. Also, I just really appreciated that the vibe that we get from, I wish that I could remember her name, the Russian lady. Like, when Lucy's like, I'm just not ready for a relationship. The way that she says I'm not looking for a relationship feels like she's saying, I just want to get railed. Like she's, she's like, I am here to get fucked and only to get fucked. Oh yeah. I totally interpreted that as like, we don't have to have a relationship in order for us to both fuck. So 
that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so, which uh, Lucy is clearly not here for. <laughs> no, she's looking for love. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god, I would actually watch a whole movie of a lady supervillain trying to, like, date with other, like, lady criminals, and it's just like, damn, the, like, my ex is a pit pocket, and, like, she, and, like, her ex is the safe cracker, and then, like, her ex is the hacker, we all just know each other, because there's not that many ladies in the, like, supervillain criminal underworld, and it's very hard to find other ladies to date. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. Uh, uh, my last thing here is that Max is a whole dreamboat. Oh, God. Uh, she's just in, like, a tank top with, like, a loosely tied tied and, like, yeah, maybe the, like, second to shortest skirt length <laughs> in her combat boots. And I'm just like, you're great. You're so great. Yeah, she is so great. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are related to health and science and research that we did. I got nothing. All right. I have a couple of things. This is clearly a just much gayer Charlie's Angels, and I'm here for that. Yeah. Clearly inspired by that. And anything really out of the, like, teen, young people, super spy genre, of which there are cartoons, television shows, movies, pretty common trope. Why aren't more of them gay like this? I don't know. Yep, agreed. Lucy's cool-ass car is a 1959 Cadillac DeVille, which I feel like has to be a pun because it's like Cadillac Devil if you don't know that DeVille is anyway. Yeah. Also, it's like Cruella DeVille's last name. Yeah. 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 So I appreciate that. Also, that her personalized license plate is Dusky. (laughs) Like Lucy in Dusky. Yeah. 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 That's just... mm. The attention to detail and commitment to puns, I'm really here for. (laughs) yeah absolutely um all right thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the gaily planet next time we will be talking about but i'm a cheerleader with our friend and resident astrologer not all gemini's courtney perkins um it will not be only an astrology episode there will just be a horoscope section like there was in this one um but it's gonna be great yeah, another queer favorite with a happy ending that is fun. Like, what what more do you want? Yeah, so check the show notes for all the things, and until next time. Discipline, energy, beauty, strength. 